Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Right, we're going to read today from Matthew chapter 4. <clears throat> if you want to turn there, you can. Otherwise, you can read it on the screen. Matthew chapter 4, and we're going to start from verse 23. This is what we read there. Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. Just get a picture of the crowds following Jesus here. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside, and the Bible says he sat down. And his disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. And he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way that they persecuted the prophets who were before you, sorry, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus went on to say, you, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. I've titled my talk this morning, Nine Signs of Blessing. I don't know how your New Year's goals or resolutions are going. How's it going? Are they working for you? Sometimes we set ourselves goals and then we get caught up in the rush of life that it's very hard to kind of see how we're doing, isn't it? Do you, any of you remember the days when you were back at school and you used to run a litmus test or an acid test. Do you remember that process where you got that little piece of paper 
and you dipped it in the solution and it changed color and it told you the, the acidic strength of that solution. It was an indicator, right? Uh, likewise, another idea of this indicator is this idea in an aeroplane of an attitude indicator. Now you can correct me when I'm, if I'm wrong, Andy. All right? But when it comes to attitude in an aeroplane, there are three types of attitude. There's the pitch, which is where the nose is up or down. You have what's called bank, which tells whether the aeroplane is turning left or right. And then you have this other indicator, which has to do what's with what's called U, Y-E-W, which tells you whether your aeroplane is flying forward at an angle or not. If you are from Zimbabwe, you will recognize this condition in many of the buses that you would have seen on the road. When they're driving towards you, you can see the front and the side of the bus. Okay? Now, the importance of this attitude indicator in an aeroplane really comes into play when you're flying in the dark or if you're flying in really bad weather. You know when you look out the window and there's so much weather going on that you can't see the horizon? You can't identify specific things that you know are on your course to tell you where you are and how you're flying. And so you rely on your instruments to tell you whether you're flying straight and level. Right? You know life is like that sometimes, don't you? When you look out the window, you can't quite see how things are. Life can close in like bad weather on us. And it's really good for us to be able to tell how's my soul? How am I doing? Am I moving forward? Am I on the up? Or is life taking over and I'm flying sideways? Or my nose is down? Do you understand? Jesus, in, uh, in our passage this morning, at the beginning, that first portion of Scripture, we, we read about how now he has gone out and he's starting to minister. He's just called his disciples to him, and now he's starting to minister to the people. And if you were paying close attention to that passage, you would have heard that there were all manner of needy people gathering around him, like a snowball starts to roll down a hill little and gathers momentum and size. This is the picture that we see of Jesus as he starts to heal a few people. The word gets out and they bring more and more and more. And the Bible tells us that he heals all of them. At the end of that passage, it talks about the fact that large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, that word Decapolis stands for ten cities, right? Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. Just want you to imagine this people space. You know what people space? In England, we have this idea, people space. I have like a meter around me. People don't come closer. In Africa, it's very different. We all stand together on top of each other, and it can be overwhelming. Imagine the crowds of people who are so needy and crying out to Jesus for help. How overwhelming that could be to look out and just see the sea of faces. They weren't all there to tell him happy stories about all the good things that were going on in their life. They had stuff that they needed fixing. And Jesus was the guy. Right? It must have been tiring. It must have been quite draining and overwhelming to see the magnitude of the need. Life had closed in around Jesus. Real life. Yeah? 
And so the Bible shows us how he goes up on a mountainside for some breathing space, if you will. And the Bible says that his disciples went with him. It was probably more than just the 12. But he sits down with them and he begins to preach to them and teach them. And this is significant because this is his first sermon. If you had to preach a first sermon, what would you say? If you were the Son of God and you had come to earth, you'd want to get the most important thing out on the table, wouldn't you? I can remember times when I've traveled, like when, when we were in Zimbabwe and I traveled to the UK to have interviews for a job that I was going to take in the UK potentially. And one of the things I had to do was preach. There's pressure on you to preach well. But you also want to preach the thing that is really inside of you so that what people see on that one day is a true reflection of you every other day. Do you know what I mean? Here is Jesus. He sat down with his guys and he's starting to teach them and he's starting to impart to them the things that weigh heavily upon his heart because not only does he want to teach them, he wants them to go and teach that message too. Does that make sense? It makes sense, doesn't it? He's got the disciples around him and he's beginning to convey to them the one thing that he wants to convey. And so I want to talk about that message today. And it's a little bit of a two-edged sword because there are some double applications going on here. He's talking about how we are blessed as people and how we are blessed now and how we will be blessed in the time to come. And so always there is a, a mirror image going on of what is happening now and what is happening to come. What God is wanting to do now and what is going to be done. All right. And so we're going to look at these nine signs of blessing in Matthew chapter 5 from verse 3. And if you will, they're like a heart and a character inventory. Something that you and I can do as we move forward day to day. I don't know what you've identified as your goals this year. Most of us are looking to advance, aren't we? To move forward. However you want to define that. I want to leave that as loose as possible because every one of us have got an idea in our minds. But what does God say about what it is to be blessed? How does that apply to us now? And how does that apply to the decisions that we make? When life gets busy around us, how can we just check and see if our hearts are where they need to be? And so that's my goal this morning. I don't want to spend a lot of time on each of these, what you will read in your Bible described as Beatitudes. I want to talk about that word blessed. It's a significant word. It's the Greek word makarios. And I want you to understand what that means because blessed can mean something different to all of us. And so I hope that this will help us to move forward together. In the context here, blessed means happy. Anybody want to be happy in life? <coughs> We're not born to find misery, are we? Misery might come, but we wouldn't choose it potentially if we could help it. Blessed means happy. Envied is another word that you could use there, content 
is another word. Favoured is another word. I looked at a few descriptions and they talk about a joy that is serene and untouchable, that is self-contained, that is completely independent of all the changes of life. You guys who have lived a while will know that <coughs> things happen in years that we didn't plan. Life has a way of throwing things at us, challenges, good times, not so great. How can we stay constant in this blessing that God is talking about? How can we find our way into it? And how can we live there, no matter what happens in our lives? It's still January. There's still most of the year ahead of us. Let's see if we can calibrate ourselves this week as we move forward. Really to say too, Jesus, when he preached each of these Beatitudes, he said, blessed are. He didn't say blessed will be. Sometimes we're guilty of thinking, if this can happen in my life, then I will be blessed. But actually Jesus is saying, you're blessed now, and I'm about to tell you why you're blessed now, and how you can always be blessed. All right. Blessed are the poor in spirit. What does that mean? Maybe as I speak, the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you today and say, this is one that is relevant for you. Another person who might say, this is important for you. Just hear him today. He wants to bless us as we move forward. Blessed are the poor in spirit. What does poor in spirit mean? Essentially, Jesus is saying, remember, this is his message. Blessed are the spiritual beggars. Yep. Blessed are those who are, are sinful and rebellious and without, utterly without moral virtue. He's, he's saying here that when you recognize that you as a human being without my intervention are a complete spiritual beggar, you're in a fantastic place. It's important for us to understand today that when we come to Jesus, we have nothing to offer him that is good. You're going to hear this message, and you will have heard it if you've been here before, a lot at Lighthouse Church. We bring nothing to the table in our relationship with God. We have nothing good spiritually about us to say, I deserve your grace, Lord. Our walk with him starts in grace, and our walk with him survives in grace, day by day. If we can keep that attitude of God, you know what, I don't deserve any good from you. I have nothing of worth to offer you. I am a spiritual beggar completely dependent upon your grace. If we can carry that mindset, that'll be a blessing. You will be blessed because the Bible says you will cry out to the Lord for grace and it will pour into your life. You know, you can be a wealthy person on this earth and be a spiritual beggar. And Jesus is saying here, there's nothing wrong with wealth. Let's make sure we're not spiritually beggars. Let's be rich in his kingdom and rich in this earth. But the eternal outweighs the physical. Blessed are those who mourn. Another heart attitude here. 
That word mourn is talking about a deep grief that we have in regard to our sin. Not a casual sorrow. If sin grieves us, that is a way healthier approach to have. We can be guilty of not allowing the, the, the weight of sin or, or um, the damage of sin to really register in our lives. We can become a little bit light with some of it. And yet God wants us to have an attitude that grieves over sin. Amen. Do you understand the benefit of coming to God grieving over your sin? The Bible says, for they will be comforted. You know that word comforted is the Greek word parakaleo, which is two words, called alongside. And that's the word that is talked or used in terms of the Holy Spirit. And the purpose of the Holy Spirit was he was called alongside of us to strengthen us and to equip us to be who Jesus had designed us to be. When we mourn for our sin and come before the Lord in repentance, the Holy Spirit rushes in to our lives to strengthen us and equip us to live a life worthy of Jesus. How awesome. How awesome to mourn over our sin. The, fir the third one, blessed are the meek. This idea is that of a powerful stallion, right, that has been tamed. A powerful personality that is under control. Hey? How often do we allow our powerful personalities to break through in a way that is uncontrolled? The strength is lost and damage is caused. This idea is that when we come to God, when we have, if you will, great character traits and great gifts and abilities, um, we keep that in check. When life comes at us and in such a way, or we deal with people that grate us, we respond in grace and we control our powerful personalities. It's not talking about those who walk around, you know, who are the mat of the world to be walked upon. It's people with great strength in their personalities and yet it's under control, like a tamed, tamed horse. The Bible goes on to say, for they will inherit the earth. Isn't that an interesting saying? They will inherit the earth. They will be blessed in this life. And they will inherit life on a new earth too. Hey? There are consequences to our behavior. And having a great personality or a strong personality is awesome. But if it's not controlled, it's going to cause damage and is going to affect our blessedness in this life too. So I want to challenge you today. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled, or the Bible in the Greek describes satisfied. One of the greatest goals that we can have this year is to hunger and thirst for more of Jesus. If we can live a life of hunger and thirst, 
if we can be driving into the Lord, pressing into him, saying, God, more, I want more of you. I want to see more of you. I want to experience more of you. I want to live more of what you've called me to live. You will be satisfied. God will not withhold one thing from you in that regard. But it's easy in life, isn't it, when we get crowded out to become hungry and thirsty for other things and miss out on what God has planned for us. In life, how can we keep ourselves focused? How can we check where we're at and how we're moving forward? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Blessed are those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. This idea of mercy... When you read in how the Bible and how the Greek talks about it, it really is talking about how you can only give this kind of mercy if you have understood and received this kind of mercy. You know, there's a difference between grace and mercy. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. Amen. In life, when we treat people with mercy, when they deserved something else, but we gave them mercy, the Bible says, we will receive mercy. And the only way for us to truly give that kind of mercy is to experience the mercy of God. Amen. Amen. Because you know what inside you really want to do? You don't want to give them mercy. You want to make them pay. Hey, come on, let's be honest. How many of you have ever watched one of those revenge films? Huh? I watched one the other day, The Equalizer. Man, there was part of me that thought this was great. But when I analyzed the theme of the film, I'm thinking, this is horrendous. Okay? Inside of us, there's this thing that wants to withhold mercy. But God is calling us to give it. And the only way we really understand it is when we realize how we have been spared from the wrath of God. Thank you, Lord. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. This is all about in integrity. You know, on a Sunday when you see me preach, you think I'm like something. Am I like that when you find me in the middle of the week in a stressful situation? Hey, When you cut me through, Am I the same all the way through? Am I straight? Am I honest? Am I clear? Am I what you see is what you get? That's how we're called to be when we come before the Lord. Did you know that? Did you ever find yourself thinking that you were concealing anything from the Lord about what was going on in your heart? God can see our hearts. All we're doing is conning ourselves if we think we hide anything from him. And so when we live openly before the Lord, he's calling us to live openly before one another. When we come pure in heart, we will see God at work in our lives. Blessed are the peacemakers and the pacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Those who bring peace... Peacemakers, those who overcome evil with good. You know, the greatest way to bring peace in the earth is to facilitate his kingdom coming. 
the reign of God, the Prince of Peace. When evil is overcome by good, peace comes. There's a challenge for us. Part of bringing peace in the earth is to bring the gospel of hope, the gospel of peace into the earth. Amen. Are we the kind of people that like to stir up strife? Hey, do we like to nibble over little bits of contention between people? Or do we just smear it over and we don't promote it? Are we people of peace? That's what this is challenging us to be. Children of God are peacemakers. Blessed are the persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is where it starts to get quite uncomfortable. This is when I begin to think, am I living the kind of life that God is calling me to? Right? Because if you listen carefully, there is this, es this essence of, are you being persecuted? And if not, why not? Hey? Why is life so comfortable for you as a Christian? Because the Bible says when we seek righteousness in the earth, we're going to live counterculturally. Yes? And that means people aren't going to like what they hear or see in us. It's going to provoke them. It's going to challenge them. If our life is not, why not? Right? So it's talking about blessed are the persecuted. That's physical persecution. Physical persecution. In verse 11 it says, Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against, or against you because of me. Again, we've talked about the physical persecution that comes when we live for the Lord. And the verbal persecution. Are, things, are, are people saying things about you that are unfair and untrue because they're provoked by your lifestyle? You are blessed. You are blessed if that is the case. Jesus says, Rejoice and be glad. That's not like this. That's like a cheer, a shout of joy. The application of that in, in, in times gone by refers to martyrs who embraced the stake and kissed the stake that they were about to be burned upon and said, thank God, I'm coming home. Hey, <laughs> wow. Can you see the difference between our lives and what Jesus might be talking about here? He goes on to say, you are the salt of the earth. You are are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, listen now, and it gives light to everyone. Sometimes we can be guilty of just breaking these portions and reading them independently of each other. Amen? When you read the Bible, 
When it was written, it didn't have titles and verses and markings. It just flowed, right? Jesus has just explained to them how they are blessed. And he goes on to tie it and says, you are the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. A city on a hill gives light. What's he saying? Be who you are. Be who you are in me. Don't try and live a life hidden under a bowl. You know, when I thought about that a little bit, I realized that if you put something over a burning candle, that thing is going to get hot and burn. And you know, sometimes in life, when we try and live under a bowl and we hide our light, it causes conflict inside us. It causes heat in our lives. And Jesus is saying, folks, you are blessed. Live out in the open like a light for the world to see. Because when you shine, light shines into darkness. And that is who we are. Amen. We are blessed in the Lord. When we live in this way, we are blessed increasingly blessed not only in the life to come and in our spirits but on this earth consequences some of them good some of them bad but God's blessing surrounds us continually and I want to challenge us I'm challenged by this today folks when we hide we starve ourselves of oxygen but when we live out in the open our light burns more the brighter. And I want to encourage you, and I'm speaking to myself today, as we live for the Lord, as we look ahead into 2015, let's shine brightly. Let's be tasteful to the world. Salt with no taste is completely useless. Absolutely no point in it whatsoever. But we're called to flavor. We're called to shine. I want to encourage you to seek the Lord. Check your heart. Take an inventory day by day. When life crowds in and you forget where you're at and you're not quite sure, the world is saying this is good and this is good, this is what you want, this is how you want to live, just rein it back in. Do the litmus test and move on. Adjust your heart and move on. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your wonderful word to us today. <coughs> Jesus, I pray that you will help us to see as you see. That you would help us to think as you think. That you would help us to value what you value. That you will help us to be light, to be salt in the earth for your glory. Our lives are yours, Lord Jesus. We surrender them to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.